0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Fast Facts. I'm your host, Karen De La Cruz, and today I am joined with a special guest, Marvin Poboyano, for our episode of The Art of Composting. Marvin, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hello, Karen. Thank you so much for having me here today. And yeah, yeah um, you needed a fun fact about me, huh? fun fact i
0: did so this is kind of like an ongoing thing that i have with my guests i want my guests to introduce like a fast fact that's like personal or it could be a fast fact about anything it could be like the most randomest thing or something that relates to you so it really depends on what fast fact you want to bring
1: okay Mm -hmm. so i think my fast fact would be i have i have 30 plants
0: 30 (laughs) plants 30 I did plants. Not know I this. mean, okay,
1: that's it's not as bad as other YouTubers and other people who have 100, 200 plus plants yeah. inside their house. Not, well, they also not have like
0: these like 2,000 square feet houses, <laughs>
1: but no, some of them have like small apartments, and oh, I'm just wow. surprised they could fit all their like a new, like, there's a guy, a YouTuber,
0: mm-hmm. who has
1: all these plants inside his box new york apartment yeah and i'm just like how does he have 1,000 plants in there and he does his air must be prime
0: like his air is like clean like the pollution who like no pollution in sight
1: (laughs) (laughs) clean air breathing in and breathing out like that's Mm. wow and he's waking up to a jungle every day
0: yeah that sounds beautiful wait so so you said you had 30 plants so where are they in the house like are they in different rooms are they like mostly in one room
1: so I have I started off with like one plant in the living room and then I moved that plant up to my bedroom. So all my plant, all my indoor plants are in my bedroom. I have some plants that are outdoor uh, on like my patio and mm-hmm. it's like aloe vera, they're mostly desert plants. Yes. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, oh, most okay. most of the plants are in the room, so yeah. So,
0: so are they like native or are they more tropical or are they plants that need a lot of water?
1: So they're more, uh, I like the more tropical plants yeah, cause I like the jungle vibes inside my bedroom, waking up to it. And tropical plants do need some maintenance. Mm-hmm. I think the high maintenance for those tropic- tropical plants would be humidity. So if y'all want plants that are tropical, you need to get a humidifier or <laughs> more than one just yeah. to maintain the life of it. So that's an essential need. But yeah. what I wanted to know more about is composting because that's your topic, gotcha. right? Yeah.
0: Honestly, when you hear about composting, a lot of people kind of just get bored and they leave. But I want to make it something that is fun, that it's engaging. It's also like really good if you have stress because the process of composting, like you kind of you see your plants like because of course, composting is meant for the soil to enrich the soil and like provide a better foundation for your plants. So you kind of like when you provide that for your plants, you see your plants like thrive and they grow and they just they look so much better and they're happier. Like, but I love that stuff and kind of uh, educate my listeners in the sense that it, it's not like a huge process. It's pretty easy. It's very easy. Yes, it is kind of like a time time consuming project, but in the sense that you have to wait until it decomposes, like the actual manual process, like the physical kind of compiling your compost pile that's easy it's just the waiting game is what people usually lose I mean
1: like you just have to do the do when once you do it and then like do your work or do whatever you want just Mm -hmm. not focus on it and then when you go back to it you'll see like some difference if you're actually taking care of exactly or outdoor it's
0: better for the environment it's better than fertilizers it's better than a lot of other products you buy like at Home Depot or Lowe's, are not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's our today's topic, is the art of composting. It's a beautiful force of nature. It provides plants and other natural life. A uh, great foundation. It's it's actually cheaper, if you think about it, because you're using your own food scraps. You're using your own natural ways to create a better soil and a better environment for your plants and for your garden if you are into gardening and it could be from a small scale or it could be a larger scale it's very very versatile and that's what I want to share with my listeners so yes so before we get into that I do want Marvin so me and Marvin how we meet Marvin I don't even remember when we met I feel like it was years ago
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it was years ago. It was when we were both in college. I think I met you my sophomore year,
0: really of college. It was oh, our I was a year. junior. Oh, cause like for you guys, it was your sophomore. I, it was my junior. Oh, my, my timeline is messy when it comes to college because I was a transfer, so it, I don't know what I was. I was just going to college. Oh my gosh,
1: you were a transfer? I did not know that. Wait, you, where did you wait, transfer from? Yeah,
0: I I was a transfer. No way. I did my first two years at community college, and then I transferred from that community college. To USC in my junior year. So oh that's why I was 21. Oh, because you don't know this. I met Sharon first. And I think that she just introduced us and she never put it out. Yeah,
1: Sharon and I are like close like friends since childhood friends. And she knows, Sharon knows Karen because they were roommates.
0: They
1: were
0: roommates. I did <laughs> <laughs> the same thing with my friend Carrie. <laughs> they were yeah. roommates. Yeah.
1: But that's pretty. I think that's pretty much it.
0: I met you. I met Marvin through Sharon. Me and Sharon are best friends. Sharon just heard her name in this podcast like thirty times already. um <laughs> Yeah. So we we met through mutual friends, and we instantly connected. And that's pretty much rare for me because I feel like I don't have that many friends. But it's, it's it's more so of a choice. It's not because like I don't like people. It's because I don't really vibe with a lot of people. When I do, it, I, I consider it special. And I like to keep connected with those people. And then we did. So it was cool. And then I feel I like... Know, a years, I know. After all these
1: years. All these
0: years. It's, it's not <laughs>
1: <fun>. <laughs> You know, we're, we're still yeah. counting it too. So.
0: Mm-hmm. so cute. But yeah, so that's how we met. We met in college. And we both just have a really like passion. Like we're very passionate about, you know, the environment. You know, being organic. Being... More sustainable, and I feel like we vibed over that, and that's why I have you here on this podcast because we both share an interest in, you know, plants and plant production plants. and plants, oh, the environment, plants. There's ASMR. One with the earth. Do we should do an ASMR of you just like watering your plants, like just like hear the water trickle. No,
1: okay, that's not. I'm gonna do that one day. For sure. It's, it's I, like th-
0: I saw some on YouTube. <laughs> They're really nice.
1: No, I did I did an ASMR on Oda beads. Oatla beads. They're like mm. Ikea soil beads. And I put water on it. You hear it. They, they sound like Rice Krispies. Like,
0: yeah.
1: So. There is this one. I'm going to try like- water
0: yeah try water like if there was like a fountain that like it was a fountain that had the water trickle down and then it went to like this little small river and then it went to the plants you can just like hear the water fall into the soil and like this mushy like sound oh my god I don't know I probably have to insert a clip here or something like that because it's so soothing isn't that relaxing okay sorry back to the podcast Oh my god. So, let's get started with hmm. So you already mentioned your fast fact. We mentioned how we met. So then how about we just get down into knowing the actual process of composting? But first, I want to start with fast fact number 1. There are actually some things in your house, or not just some, but there actually is a lot of stuff in your house that you can compost. So, Marvin, from just like the knowledge that you have now, what are some things that you think that can compost or are, are compostable? Banana. Yes.
1: <laughs> banana. <laughs> like, I know banana, no, it's like wild. Banana is a type of potassium for not only humans, but for plants and need to thrive mm-hmm. off of it. I've yeah. noticed that.
0: Mm-hmm. So yes, bananas are one thing. What are some other things that you, you probably uh- like know for sure?
1: Uh, tea bags for sure,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and eggshells. Yes. I mean, some people use it, some people don't. Uh, it depends how you use it, but that's off of the top of my head at the moment.
0: Yes, that's perfect. Yeah, those are all of them, 100% correct. So I'm gonna read off a list for the fast deck number one of things that you can compost in your home. So it starts with food scraps. So it is fruits and vegetables. That's a no-brainer. Then it's eggshells, coffee grounds, and the filters. The, People don't know this. The filters can the also filters. be- The yeah. filters? I did not know that. Yeah. So you can just literally just grab it from your coffee pot and just throw it in your compost bin or your compost pile. It's very easy. So it's
1: it's just going to decay it over time?
0: So filters are made out of some type of, like, it's made of a certain fabric or a certain mesh that it breaks down pretty easily. And it doesn't have any like, harmful chemicals sewn in or any- harmful chemicals that can ruin the natural process of composting, so they're allowed to be composted. That makes sense. So coffee filters, as well as tea bags, the bags itself, same thing as the filters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nutshells, shredded newspaper, cardboard, paper, yard trimmings which is like just you know if you trim your rose bushes that kind of stuff very easy Mm -hmm. grass clippings house plants so if your house plant i don't want i'm not trying to manifest i don't know bring that negativity but if a plant dies you could throw it in there
1: (laughs) (laughs) it depends how the plant dies though i don't know if 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 it has like a decay
0: or a virus no it's people people have to realize that like if your plants or any type of vegetable is molded or rotted or has a virus that cannot go into your compost bin it has to be scraps that are just regular not molded none of that so that's actually a very good thing it's a very good thing to bring up hay and straw leaves sawdust wood chips cotton so cotton and wool i kind of want to touch on that yes cotton and wool can be composted but it will take a longer time than it would let's say like a fruit or a vegetable so when it comes to those non-food or like non-organic substances like cotton and wool i would put that in a separate pile it still can be composted but it won't Mm -hmm. go as fast it won't compost as fast as the organic material
1: i feel like the cotton is like a type of aeration for Mm -hmm. the soil if it's fertilized enough Mm -hmm. because it's just it's just like and it has
0: to be organic cotton like it has to be organic cotton and wool oh
1: organic. so like
0: then it yeah that's what i've noticed personally i don't i don't compost my cotton or wool or like this is like referring to like old t-shirts and smaller materials i don't do that i repurpose them and i reuse them if i had a shirt and it's like old and i don't want anymore i kind of cut it up and use it to clean my tables or i clean it to dust Mm -hmm. around the house and then once they've gotten their pretty much good uses. I kind of just throw them away because composting them, it takes a longer time. And I'm kind of just more like, let's repurpose instead of compost. You're still doing the oh. environment a favor. So, yes. And the last thing is dryer and vacuum cleaner lint, which I did not know that can be composted.
1: Lint? Really? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I don't know about that one. That one's a little questionable to me. Um,
1: no, I never, I never heard of that. Yeah. I mean, I'll try it with, one. I don't want to, st- mm. if I don't like any of the, one of the plants, I will, I will try one.
0: Try it. <laughs> try it. Try it on, like, one that's, like, already dying. Dying. <laughs> yeah,
1: so like, it sounds bad, but I mean, like, you know, the purpose of a plant is to grow. They don't have, like, feelings. Mm. Maybe they do, I don't know, it's still a debate and question. Yeah,
0: that's But
1: true. I don't know, I want it like, a random fact that my mom showed me about, like, composting is, like, your hair.
0: That's the next one I was gonna talk about. There's no way. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. I thought that was the weirdest thing. Like, I I'm trying it with one of my plants, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a bird's of paradise I showed you yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. It's on it's, it's growing like it grew like three new leaves. Yeah. This past past like three months. Mm-hmm. So I'm well, just like
0: yeah. Well, because you think about it, hair and fur they're dead proteins, but they are still an organic substance, so they can be compostable, and they could still actually provide somewhat of a nutrient to your plants. So that's that's really interesting that you brought that up. Oh my God, how cool.
1: I was literally like using my hair, cause I, I take a shower and then I have like a hairball. And I'm just, what am I gonna, <laughs> I, my mom's <laughs> like, don't throw it away, give it to the plant. I'm like, I'm giving myself away to a plant. That sounds like very. Scandalous.
0: You're like piece of like me by actually. <laughs> <person. laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I'm being one with the earth at this.
0: Yes. Time, so. Oh my we're, sitting, we're getting off topic but I love it. But like as it sounds pretty morbid but that's just who I am. When I die, I don't want to be buried in a coffin. I want my ashes to be put under a tree. I want a tree to be planted on top of me so then my ashes can provide nutrients to that tree, provide a lot, bunch of carbon. And so the tree can thrive and in my life. My next life will be in a tree.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Like that's literally one with the earth.
0: Yeah. There are actually businesses that will provide that service too after you die. Like that's I mean weird. there's so
1: many different yeah mm-hmm. like some people want to be cremated into a diamond and like some <laughs> wants to be a seed to a, a tree so anything yeah. is possible since we're in the 20th century
0: mm-hmm. so that's what I want to do I want to give my one last service to the environment before I go but
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a really great last service
0: yeah <laughs> love it okay so then if we're gonna move on to fastback number two these are things that you cannot compost so the, as this is very important They're equally as important as mentioning the ones that are compostable because there are certain like false claims about certain things that can be compostable and they're actually not. So I'm going to go through these a little bit faster. There's a lot. So there is black walnut tree leaves or twigs. The reason why you don't want to put any like black walnut tree or leaves or twigs into your compost pile or bin is. It's because it releases some type of substances or chemicals that can be harmful to like other plants. Because there's like some small like natural toxins that can actually break down good chemicals and good bacteria and plants. So I did not know that. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Coal or charcoal ash. I've noticed that when you like make a barbecue, right? And you use your barbecue and you put charcoal or you put coal in there. After you're done, some people throw those. Coals or charcoals into compost piles because it's technically carbon but it, it's not because a lot of those charcoal and coals are there's a chemical wrap around them with like lighter fluid and that can be very 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 bad for the environment especially um, if you have like lighter fluid logs like you know like those pre-made logs you buy in a store and they yeah. have like lighter fluid kind of it's both, like, like, like
1: wrapped yeah
0: yes those never ever like try to throw those away into your trash oh dairy products not in your compost pile so this is like butter milk sour cream yogurt and even eggs so the actual egg itself oh my gosh. no but the eggshell oh okay <laughs> different story yes
1: okay eggshells
0: can provide a lot of nutrients to the to the environment so those are a yes the eggs are a no the reason why you don't want to put dairy products into your compost piles is because they can attract spoiled milk the scent is so strong that it can attract like pests it can attract different type of animals the wildlife and, and
1: build up mold i can't imagine
0: yeah it's gross um meat or fish bones nope fat grease or lard nope as well as pet waste like dog poop and cat poop absolutely not no the only poop that's allowed to be in a compost bin is cow poop and horse poop because all they eat is grass. grass and hay And the reason why, like, oh, why why that poop? It's because they have a really specific kind of digestion process that it gets broken down really, really well. And they have good bacteria in there that breaks everything down. They have microbes in there that can break everything down. So their poop is just, like, good. (laughs) Ew, I never think I would say that on a podcast. That poop is good.
1: (laughs) Ew, but wow. I had to learn
0: this because of my environmental stuff that I learned in school because I studied environmental studies, so I had to know the process of...
1: We love the education.
0: No, yeah, I had to know because cows are like one of the biggest emitters of methane gas and, and CO2. So the reason why cows are pretty much bad for the environment is because they're overpopulated for dairy dairy farms as well as they chew chew the food. It gets swollen into the stomach, but it gets burped back up to chew, get chewed again. That mm-hmm. burp, because like in your stomach you have these like acids, you have these gases. So when it gets burped back up, it's actually burping back up a little bit of methane with it. And then that's how the methane gets released. People thought it was actually cow farts that were actually being the main cause of CO2 into the air. It's actually when they burp, releasing that material back to chew it down more and then swallowing it again to go
1: into their stomach. Interesting.
0: A fast fact, then a fast fact. So, yes, so those are products you have to watch out for. Make sure those don't get into your compost pile at all. So then we're moving on to fast fact number three. So I'm going to kind of go into the brief overview of the scientific process of composting. The reason why composting is actually a good thing to do for your soil benefits, for your soil nutrients, all that stuff, is because there is so many things that nature provides us to break down all these food scraps and these natural type of ingredients we have in our homes. So for example, the first thing that you want to do is that you want to find a nice shady dry spot in your yard. And this is for backyard composting. I can go like further into it later about how to do composting in like in a bin if you live in an apartment or in a place that you don't have any like yard or outdoor space. And then it's probably somewhere near like a water source. So you can get some type of moisture into your compost pile, but you don't want too much moisture because that can result into like mold or any type of degrading process that you don't want. So then after that, you are going to find any type of green organic materials like I mentioned before in our first fast fact. All those compostable materials that I mentioned, get all of those, bunch them all together, throw them in that dry, shady spot like I mentioned. And then make sure they're chopped up, like into small pieces. But what I do is that before I actually throw my stuff into a compost bin, I cut them up because I feel like it's easier that way before they start kind of going down to like the degrading process. So I cut them up beforehand. I recommend that mm-hmm. that tool. So once your compost pile is like established you are going to mix in all your green waste, make sure everything's all mixed up together. Then you are gonna cover it. You wanna cover it make sure that all the moisture is locked in and everything's ready to go. So you wanna cover it with like, harp another like wooden surface, anything like that to make sure to keep it moist. I noticed a difference between like three to five days. Yes, it's gonna be like a waiting game type of process, but it's so worth it in the end so you're gonna keep it covered and if you see it getting dry throughout the days make sure you kind of like get a little bit of water and try to moisten it up and then close it again the goal is to keep it as moist and as dark and covered as possible so within a couple days the goal is to find like a dark rich color in your compost like you want it to be nice and moist (laughs) i've been saying that word so much (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you want to keep it nice and dark and moist in a compacted area. And you'll notice that it's ready when it has those features, that it's dark, it's rich in color, kind of max point, like that prime point. Then it's ready to go. And then what you want to do with it, you want to use it, is that if you have like a garden, you want to just shovel it up, throw it in your garden. If you have just like small regular plants like you, Marvin, you want to just want to put maybe like half a cup or even a quarter cup, depending how big the surface area of your plant is. So, for example, if it's like a medium plant, you probably want to put like a quarter cup. If it's like a bigger plant, probably like five feet tall, you want to put like half a cup in your regular soil. The reason for this, it's you're serving your plant nutrients to its soil.
1: It's plant food. Plant pretty food. Much, yeah. It's
0: like when you make a coffee, you have like the black coffee foundation. The compost is like the creamer you put in. What breaks down the compost itself is it could be a couple things. It could be microbes, mm. very small kind of microscopic microbes that are in soils and in plant material already those guys those little suckers they like break down food pretty pretty slowly that's why it takes about like three to five days for a pile to be completely ready but if you want to make the process a little faster you can actually put worms in there little little worms little earthworms
1: you could buy i know i saw i saw at a plant Mm -hmm. nursery you could buy them it's in like a big pack it's like cool
0: it will literally cut down your process by like a day or two because worms all they eat is just plant material and they poop out all the nutrients ready to go so they're like little nature's little catalysts and creating a nice nutrient compost pile. And I love them. I love worms. And when I always see one and I see it, it's like in danger. I try to pick it up and put it somewhere else. <laughs> but Yeah, they're really good for your garden. They don't eat the plants at all. So you can actually throw them with your compost pile into the garden. They don't eat any plant material. They don't eat roots. They just purely like the soil. And so when they eat the soil, it gets processed into the little worm bodies and it gets pooped out into like this nice, rich, kind of nutritious soil compost for the plants. So they're like plants best friends. And yeah, that's basically it.
1: I was curious about um in the process of composting outside, do you mix it or you just let it sit?
0: Um I would say let it sit for about 2 days cuz you really want it to break down and like absorb that moisture in it. But if you see like for example, if the top is getting dry, but you know the bottom is pretty moist, um you want to mix it to make sure everything is consistent and the pile is like consistently wet and it's it's covered and everything like that so you want to you want to make sure you're adhering to those type of necessities for the pile and i think this is something that you mentioned marvin to me that i wanted to touch on because of course we talked about this before we started the podcast Uh so fast fact number four yes is that fertilizer and compost material are not the same thing (laughs) i want people to know that
1: what? Okay, tell me- No, no, no. Okay, you need to tell me the difference. I feel like they're both, they're both poop. So... <laughs> they're okay, both food so, for plants. plant. I can see the confusion. I
0: understand why people might think that's the same. But this is kind of like the simplest way that I can describe it. The simplest way to distinguish between compost okay. and fertilizer is to remember this. This exactly. Compost feeds the soil, while fertilizer feeds the plants. So fertilizer adds to the soil's nutrient supply, but instead of feeding the soil food web, the ingredients in the fertilizers are actually intended to meet the needs of the fast growing plants. And this is how I can kind of go more a little bit more into that. So compost material is not meant for plants. It's meant for the soil's richness and richness in nutrients as well as richness in overall soil compatibility and foundation, as opposed to fertilizer. It has um, high intakes of phosphorus, of, of nitrogen, of carbon as well, mostly phosphorus and nitrogen. And those are actually really good elements to help plants grow faster so fertilizer is feeding the plants itself and then compost material is feeding the soil
1: cool okay that makes sense
0: yeah so that's that's what i kind of wanted to tell people because if you're feeding your plants and soil just fertilizer you're going to notice that your soil is going to be dry it's not going to be as moist and in a consistency that you're wishing to have it be and people ask like well i'm putting a lot of fertilizer in this is like the best fertilizer they offer in stores And i'm like yeah like yes it's helping your plants but if your plants don't have a good foundation to grow out of it doesn't matter how much nutrients they're taking in they literally can't hold that nutrients if they don't have a good soil to help them hold that nutrients in
1: which is the compost yeah that makes sense okay because i've been making fertilizer and compost i'm like i just put both of them in because i'm like I just want to be safe. I don't know. I can't put either one at the point. I just just do it.
0: The last little fast pack morsel that I want to put in is the benefits of composting. As we've already described in this podcast, of course, there are many benefits of composting and there's a lot of reasons why we should do it. But these are the major ones that I do want to touch on so we can kind of just wrap all this up. Is that so the benefit of composting is that it enriches soil It enriches all the nutrients in your soil and it helps retain moisture. And suppress any type of like plant diseases or pests so if your soil is you know it has a lot of moisture in it if it has a lot of nutrients in it it won't dry up as quickly as well as it actually will prevent a lot of like plant viruses or diseases so it, it will kind of like have that little barrier for your plant to make sure that it's healthy it's not getting sick or anything like that and as well as reduces the need for chemical fertilizers like I said you can add both but if your soil is just so nutrient and just so rich like you don't need a fertilizer at all so it really just you know it depends if your soil's good your plant's gonna be good don't worry minimalism is the key so you want to make sure you're not over like over providing nutrients to your garden that's another benefit of composting as well as it reduces methane emissions so if you don't throw away your food scraps in the trash like a lot of people do and i'm not trying to judge i know it's easier of course but if you you know compost your food scraps you compost all your different types of plant trimmings or any type of organic material it goes back into nature properly the way it's supposed to be you know before humans ruined everything <laughs> so it actually reduces methane emissions in the sense that there is so much organic material that gets sent to landfills and with that they break down yes they do break down food scraps but it gets burned in the sense and when you burn food scraps there's just so much methane so much so much co2 coming out of those food scraps that it gets be sent into the air and it contributes to the whole land's pollution and we don't want that of course we're trying to reduce our carbon footprint Mm -hmm. so if you compost your food scraps if you try to repurpose a lot of the cotton a lot of the wool material you have it will be better for the environment and better for reducing methane emissions and also CO2.
1: So I have like two questions. So I know most of the composting is based off of outdoor
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that that seems great. But what if, what if I'm like mm-hmm. in an apartment and I'm indoor and I don't have that type mm-hmm. of space for it? Is it mm-hmm. possible? Yes,
0: it is possible. And this is something that I forgot to touch on. So thank you for reminding me. So if you do live in like an enclosed area, like an apartment or if you live like in a house or a small type of studio where you don't have patio space to have a garden or to have any outdoor land space, what you can do is that there are compost bins that you can buy like on Amazon or like any type of like hardware stores or Home Depot Lowe's, whatever. and. It varies in what type of compost bins there are available. There's like cheaper ones. There's like technological advanced ones. So the one that I have, because we have both, we have our compost bin in our kitchen. Well, so when we're cooking food, we can just like throw the scraps into this stainless steel metal compost bin. It has a top on top that kind of helps with the odor of the food scraps. And it's not that big. It's probably about like a foot tall, probably like eight inches in diameter. And I throw my free scraps in there like when I'm cooking and I'm making like veggies and stuff like that. All the scraps, like the heads of the carrots and like onion peels, I throw it in there. And throughout the week, it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the top lid, what I like, it has a mesh type of material that kind of rids the odor that gets emitted. So you can't really, you can, I honestly don't smell it at all. And, and like, I've, it's been like that since I bought it. And it pretty much helps barricade any odor from leaving. So, once that's all filled up, I just kind of throw that outside into my compost pile that I have in my backyard. But for the instance that you don't have yard space to do this, I understand. So, there actually is technologically advanced compost bins that you can buy. And what it does is that you kind of put your food scraps in there, and the machine will basically break down that food scraps in the way that it does. I'm not entirely sure exactly. How it does it but I know it does (laughs) and basically in about a day or two the food scraps will be turned into compost that you can probably like sprinkle into your plants around the house to any hanging plants and stuff like that
1: that's awesome and then my last question I have one more question the last question would be like so oh man I have like so many questions Karen um okay so my next question is for Mm -hmm. insecticides like, I'm, uh, it's because I know some people aren't a big fan of mm-hmm. worms or insects mm-hmm. or whatnot. And sometimes you want to keep plants and they don't want those insects. So, I know there, there are, like, chemically, chemical ones that you could buy in store, but do you have any suggestions about organic insecticides?
0: Yes. So, these are just the ways that I have been doing my whole life with my garden because I've had a garden for about... 10 plus years now and my dad and I help grow our plants, we we create our own compost pile, we create our own insecticides, and we've always gone the route of trying to make it as organic and as natural as possible just because we don't want extra chemicals being in our garden as well as we don't want them to create some type of runoff and go into anybody else's yard and just for the environment in general. So the insecticides that we have created over the years are all natural based, so for example when you're trying to get rid if you're if your garden's outside and you have a yard and you probably have like you know ground squirrels or gophers or rats trying to eat your vegetables or your plants what you can do is that you can buy basil seeds or basil plants they're really cheap go to your Joes or you can go to like Home Depot and buy like a bunch of seeds you have your garden or garden space kind of barricaded with these basil plants because I guess that rodents like like gophers and rats and ground squirrels i guess they don't like the smell or the taste of basil because it's just a strong profound smell and taste that they actually try to go away from it so that's kind of how we've learned to kind of deal with the wildlife around our garden as well as insecticides talking about that we i don't know if it's a mexican thing but (laughs) what we do is that (laughs) we go inside our kitchen we get a big pot fill it with water and we put the spiciest chiles that we have inside. So like, serrano peppers. We put a lot of dry, dark uh, chile peppers inside of that water. We boil, we bring it up to a boil.
1: Are they like dried up? They're dried Are up they powdered? peppers. powdered? I forget what they're called. Like... Oh my gosh, like
0: I need to look it up. But they're like these dry, spicy peppers that we use in a lot of our foods. And as well as like, the, we keep the veins in, the seeds in, everything. We just bring that water up to a boil and let it simmer for about 10 minutes and then when it cools down we put it into like these spray bottles and what that is it's kind of like your own organic insecticide that you spray onto your plants because insects do not like the smell or they can actually sense the spiciness that's kind of on the plant when you spray that type of chili water that will be created
1: and it won't affect the plant at all
0: no, because it's organic. You know, it won't affect your plant at all. It's just chili and water, and you just spray it all your plants, and all the insects will try not to eat it. <laughs> there are some stragglers that still kind of eat it, but it's a big difference from before and after.
1: Okay. Ooh, that's cool. No, that those like I was really interested in like how would you bring outdoor to indoor? Because I'm more I'm more of yeah. an indoor person now, and I started doing mm-hmm. it like last year. Yeah,
0: well, definitely. I hope these uh, fast facts helped you out. I hope you now have more of a better understanding of composting because I know that you are starting to get more into plant life and you you have your project, you know, that I'm super excited for you. So, yeah, guys, that wraps up basically Mm. the art of composting. But then I'm going to take up the next segment of our podcast to talk about Marvin's new project and new goal setting that he has with his plants. So, Marvin, do you want to touch on that?
1: Okay, so I moved Mm -hmm. to a new location and i i had a new beginning and my parents bought a plant a snake plant um it's been a year Mm -hmm. since we bought that snake plant and that was my first plant and i was like Mm -hmm. okay i left it alone yeah snake those are easy to take care of uh you could just put them anywhere they love sunlight low light anyways i had a question i'm like do plants have feelings or do plants respond to their do. environment, uh, to human interaction? Yeah, and apparently uh, it's still a debate in question mm-hmm. in the science realm, <laughs> if plants do have like senses, if they have feelings, because it's a type of, I, f- I forgot what's the word. Uh, it's a type of pseudoscience uh, right. to scientists. Like they don't know if it's it's, to exaggerate about plants having this type of uh interaction but considering like they do read they do respond because they respond to light they mm-hmm. respond to their environment but they don't have a central nervous system so that's why scientists mm-hmm. don't agree with them but my goal is to uh take care of plants inside my house learn about them about how they respond to my environment and my environment is is i i separate my plants i have so many plants so i I have different rooms
0: yeah you have 30 like you mentioned
1: (laughs) yeah so i like in my main main bedroom has most of my plants and all the plants in my bedroom i sing to them i take care of them i trim them i compliment them and then in another room I. I insult them, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I treat them, I treat them like, like nothing. It's so bad. (laughs) And no, like one time I'm like, oh, you think you're going to get water today? Uh, Think again. I'm giving this plant water. Mm -hmm. You're going to be last. And like, so sad, it's just like a little (laughs) bit petty. And then another room, I don't even. I don't even see them, mention them. I'm just like you water them, still? them. I just walk past by them. You
0: water them, okay?
1: Yeah, like mm-hmm. I just, I, yeah, I, I'm attentive to them. And then the outdoor plants are the ones I'm like, mm. I don't even like. They're outdoor, and I don't <laughs> want to even go outdoors. <laughs> I'm more of like a inside person.
0: So, so it sounds like you have kind of three test subjects. So you have one room. You are nourishing them with kind words, positive vibes. And then in the other room, you have like a negative vibe, you're insulting them, ruining their self esteem. <laughs> and then in the third room, you have a kind of a control group where it's just neutral. Is that is that right?
1: It's neutral. And then they just like, they hear or they, they respond to what's in their environment in okay, a very neutral gotcha. space. So I've noticed so many, like, so many types of plants mm-hmm. responding to me differently and i i it's a test and trial so eventually i did have to buy rebuy some of the plants that i killed in order to understand them more and to understand like what their needs are but um like for example one plant that people love that are tropical mm. and they're really hard to take care of will be a fiddle leaf fig oh i've they're heard like, of
0: those yeah they have yeah, these big
1: beautiful. leaves yeah big leaves and they're they're like clovers mm. um they, they pop, they, their their leaves will die on you if you put them in a dry environment, if you put them in oh high sunlight, um, and if you don't mm. give them humidity. I had to learn that the hard way. I literally bought, my first plant was a, mm-hmm. a fiddly fig, but my intention on buying plants is I never spend over 10. <laughs> boys on a budget and uh, and i love saving plants because it it shows that you can there's another life in them and i'm giving them a chance and i'm having that chance to do so and i did that and so far i've been okay of course there has been some some disappointments along the way but it's it's a it's so it's a process and it's it's growing and that's what I'm doing right now and
0: and you have to remember that's a it's a process it's it's like there's gonna be some trial and errors there's gonna be some time of like step backs but that's just the way that you learn you learn through trial and error you learn that okay this didn't work in the end but now I know what to do so I'm trying to make it better now and you are learning like you said the needs of your plants the way how can they grow better how can they be better in this environment xyz so that's just so awesome I love it
1: yeah. But I mean, my real main intention is like inside my bedroom with all mm-hmm. the plants that I that can feel. If they can feel my emotions and grow, let's say within next year. If I keep this up for next year, like it's so a process. But if, if this happens next year and I see a, a difference in results of this whole trial, I'm, I'm going to be happy with myself.
0: Yes. I love it. Like I mentioned, like I studied this and I, I, I know the the physical processes that plants need to go through as well as like soil production and as well as like the reproductive cycle for plants. But I always was curious about like, I would see these videos on YouTube about like people yelling at a plant (laughs) and people like nourishing a plant with kind words. And like you would see like the befores and afters of the plant that was insulted and it would literally die in a day. (laughs) Like it would
1: just start to wilt. Yeah, it it literally dies. (laughs) They just dried out.
0: Yeah. And then the plant that was the opposite, it was like thriving the next day. Like it was just like flowering plant. You would see some flowers that are like kind of blooming a little bit. And I'm like, that is just so crazy. And like, this is like something that people did like in a time lapse. Like, you know, it wasn't edited to like, you you can switch the plant for like another plant and it'd be fake. Like these videos were time-lapsed where you like, it was like a video that was 24 hours, but they time-lapsed it and they really kind of just sped it up. Throughout the night, and you would just see the plant like one of them die, one of them just like bloom. And, yeah, and
1: you could see, and during those time lapses, you could see how the plant moves or how they, how the mm-hmm. plant tries to find light. It's so cool. I wish yeah. I could have that type of like thing to do that. If I maybe you could one do day, it. if I yeah one day yeah, but definitely I want to do that like a time lapse on my plants and see how they like react to my environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I. I think it's so interesting and we have to remember that human beings aren't the only living organisms that have feelings and that respond to their environments because it's just like I mentioned like plants I think they have that type of sense of feeling I think I feel like they do have a sense of when they are in a positive environment a negative environment
1: their intention to grow and that's our intention Mm -hmm. we have to grow
0: yes so okay so then what what are your findings so far that you can provide my listeners
1: Well, I'm the best. Like the best top three like cases in my head. If you insult your plant or like give them petty vibes, they Mm -hmm. will respond. You're just like giving me this type of negative energy. I'm kind of wilting. I'm gonna die. And Mm -hmm. so far, I I bought a plant. It's called a purple heart plant. So my other like study is bringing outdoor plants indoor. So I bought some outdoor Mm -hmm. plants and I have an indoor plant and it's thriving so it's flowering okay. and I kept singing to it. And yeah, I feel like the more love you give to plants, it will respond to you, but you have to learn about your plants. It's gonna die if you're if, <laughs> if you if you're not attentive to it, because mm-hmm. they, they will.
0: Okay, so like, is there example, like for example, like I know you mentioned your three test control subjects. Yeah. So, for example, like, have you found that a plant in one of your negative rooms, have you found that, like, it died within, like, a certain time? Or, like, it it started to wilt in a certain time period? So,
1: the dying plants, because I know some people are like, oh, like, what was the process of that? So, pretty much, I had, the types of plants I had in there were a Brazil philodendron, Duncan plant, Mm -hmm. and that's it. So, those were the two plants I started with to insult them. And the first, uh, the Brazil the brazil's still with me um that's yeah. one of the survivors of the negative like outcomes but it's slowly growing because of that trauma so <gasps> but so i gave it petty vibes and it just stayed there but the duncane the duncane one it just died on me because i kept oh, insulting it
0: me <laughs> I, i'm a duncane <laughs> someone yelled yeah, at me like
1: i watered it i i took care of it and I yelled at it a couple times. I said some insulting words. Pretty much, it died. And I I gave them the same care. And then for another set of plants, mm-hmm. I didn't give them care at all. But I like I was like acknowledging their presence. I'm like, oh, you're still here, but at least you're surviving. Like that type of acknowledgement. And I watered them every other week. So it wasn't like it wasn't like what I did last time with watering them, maintaining them, and insulting them. I did right. Insult, non maintain like no maintenance. So that was. Oh, wow.
0: Like, so it's yeah. like different types of ex- experiments that you've been
1: going through. Yeah, like it's I amazing. was trying to see, like, I'm not, I'm no botanist. Disclaimer, I am not a botanist. I am
0: a- Yeah, I'm not an environmental scientist either. Okay, we just find this stuff very, very fascinating.
1: <laughs> uh, we're both like researchers of life at this point because I want to learn about living. So, and living things around me. And that's that's my intention. Yeah. And we, we, love, we love the environment. We love plants, composting, and plants go hand in hand. And I love it. If you want to start being a home, indoor plant lover, I suggest mm-hmm. my top- top three plants to, that you should get and yeah. it's easy to take care of would be a snake plant uh ZZ okay. plants and a rubber plant so the maintenance for i'll for, briefly i'll talk about each maintenance but the snake mm-hmm. plant could be watered less than like once a week or like mm-hmm. the latest i i didn't water my snake plant for like a whole month and it survived mm-hmm. on me Um, Same thing with my uh, ZZ plant. It survived on me after three weeks. And the rubber plant, so I put it in front of my window. Okay. It's, this is a rubber plant. Do you see the rubber? Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, how interesting. Little lights on it too, we love that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's on my window. And um, Mm -hmm. rubber plants are, they're usually low light plants, Mm -hmm. but I put it in front of my window and it's thriving so
0: that's awesome
1: mic drop on that period (laughs) uh so the top three plants are mostly like you could put them in any place in your house um as long as it has good lighting and uh aeration my concern would be like humidity for certain plants like i know people want fiddle leaf fig or other types of plants but you need to do your research Mm -hmm. on learning about the plant and then you could take it, but the ones I mentioned now, those are easy—the easiest ones you can have in your own
0: home. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're—you're, you're, you know—you're getting closer. You are definitely reaching it, like with all the tests that you've done and like yeah. all the trial and errors that you've gone through. Like, I could definitely see you're on the road to discovery. So I'm so proud of you. I'm so—it's just so awesome that my one of my friends is doing this. I feel Thanks, it's amazing. Karen.
1: It's almost been like a year. It's almost been a, yeah, it's almost been a year since I like really? did this. Well, I started mm-hmm. with one plant, but like one went to 30 within this year. And mm-hmm. for the next year, I just want to see how well like I will how how many plants I end up next year cuz yeah. I know there's a temptation to buy more plants, but just be appreciative of what you have now and just work on that. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do and take my time on it.
0: I love it. Okay, well, I think that wraps up our podcast. Uh, thank you so Woo! much, Marvin, for coming on to this podcast episode. Thank you so much for just educating my listeners about your project, as well as how to treat your plants and everything all about that. So if you want to tag your Instagram or your Facebook or any other social platform, please do.
1: Oh, my gosh. Wait, Karen, thank you so much for inviting me. Like, it's it was <laughs> so great to get to know more about... You know, gardening, indoor gardening, outdoor gardening. So it was, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it.
0: Composting is life. (laughs) And
1: um, to follow up on Instagram, my user is Marvin's Plant Room. M a r v i n s, -S p l a n t r o o m. Marvin's Plant Room. Mm. And don't forget to follow Karen's podcast.
0: Um, yes, my username for Fast Facts is so it's Fast Facts Podcast on Instagram. All one word, all lowercase
1: see I wish I did Mm -hmm. that I just spelled it out for (laughs) (laughs) y'all
0: well granted that my podcast name is on the podcast episode so it's like it's kind of hard to miss and podcast I feel like I trust my listeners to know how to spell that (laughs) (laughs) but I love that you spelled it I love it
1: I don't know I don't know if people can understand me
0: oof but yeah thank you for coming on i appreciate you like literally like i know it's been a long time coming that we needed to make this podcast so i'm so grateful that you are here to experience it with me thank
1: you so much (laughs) garen all
0: right bye guys thank you for joining us for the podcast episode of the art of composting see you guys in the next episode bye